0: Sparks were really flying on Capitol Hill yesterday and today. Uh, Yesterday we had the testimony of whistleblower, IRS whistleblower that is, Joseph Ziegler. And today we had testimony before the Committee on the Weaponization of Government Against the People from Emma Jo Morris. Now Emma Jo Morris is currently the editor for Politics at Breitbart. She had previously been at the New York Post, and she was the reporter who, in October of 2020, broke the story of Hunter Biden's laptop. In fact, not just yesterday and today, if you've been following the hearings that have been taking place on Capitol Hill just over the course of the past month, to include the revelations that came out of John Durham's testimony and the Durham report, it should be abundantly clear to you, if you are an unbiased and clear-thinking person, that we're no longer living in a free country, that the government has been weaponized against the people, and that for the first time in history, we are acting like a banana republic with prosecutor after prosecutor and jurisdiction after jurisdiction trying to heap criminal charges on a man who served as the 45th president of the United States. And all of this is being done while the man whose administration is visiting these charges on him is himself possessed of unclean hands, having accepted millions of dollars in bribes, from foreign governments, and this is now coming to fruition. Let me go over this in a little bit of detail. Starting in 26, this is a recap. I wanted to do this show because after the testimony of Mr. Ziegler yesterday and Ms. Emma-Jo Morris today in the wake of Durham's testimony, it's all coming together and gelling. So let me just put it precisely to you. Back in 2016, As we all know, Donald Trump took an elevator ride, well, in 2015, down the stairs at Trump Tower and announced he was going to run for president. People thought he was just doing it as a publicity stunt. People thought it was a joke. He'll drop out. He's just trying to gain fame. And I have to confess that initially I was one of those people because I had seen his show The Apprentice. My wife was a big fan of it. I don't really go much for reality TV. I had nothing against Donald Trump, but I just didn't want to see that show. And I saw him in the first debate. He seemed to hold his own, but uh, he didn't seem as, as impressive as I was hoping he was going to be. But then something happened. I noticed that he really was getting into it. He was studying the issues. And with each performance, he did better and better. And better and better. And then in the first primary, he astounded everyone by winning almost every demographic in New Hampshire. I began to realize that the man was serious. And the more I listened to him, the more I watched him. I realized that there was no illusion here. The man was just a patriot who felt that the country had been very good to him, saw things wrong with it, and wanted to try and help. And that was the extent of it. But everybody dismissed him. Everybody tried to find what the kryptonite was for Donald Trump. And with each succeeding primary, Trump rolled to bigger and bigger victories. When it came to the general election, people thought he couldn't win, which is surprising, considering that in the primary process, he absolutely mowed down 16 seasoned politicians, um, including the former governor of Florida, Jeb Bush among them. Now, Robert Kennedy Jr., the son of the late Robert Kennedy, just recently in an interview remarked that Trump is probably the greatest debater in this country's history since Lincoln Douglas. He has his own style and he's formidable. So it isn't just me who's saying this. Comes the election of 2016, the polls are all predicting it's over and all these would-be experts, Donald Trump has no place to go, he's finished, it's all done. And lo and behold... Donald Trump beats Hillary Clinton, and the left is astounded. They're not simply astounded. They're pissed off, and they're bitter. And even before the man has even taken the oath of office, they are accusing him of colluding with Russia. And we had this Russia collusion hoax. Because this thing was put up in the closing days of the campaign, it was a consequence of opposition research. That really wasn't research. It was paid fiction. Christopher Steele put together a dossier that we now know was fiction, saying that Donald Trump was a Russian asset and that the Russians helped him get elected. The Democrats pursued this assiduously through Congress, Maxine Waters calling for impeachment. And once they got control of the House... They ran an impeachment which failed. They had a special prosecutor who spent $30 million of taxpayer money, failed, didn't find anything connecting Donald Trump. They had um, another impeachment over the issues of January 6th. They fought the man at every turn, and yet the man had a very successful presidency. Appointed three justices to the Supreme Court, brought economic prosperity, and kept us safe from a foreign policy perspective, started no wars, and brought troops home. But they were pissed because it wasn't Hillary that won. We shouldn't even have to have elections in this country. If you listen to Democrats, they really don't think so. They think that they are the, the divine providence is theirs and that they should be able to run the country as they see fit. They view elections as an, a nuisance and an inconvenience. But since we have to have them, let's see if we can control them. Now, they weren't able to control the election of 2016 because they began to believe their own bullshit and didn't believe that Donald Trump even had a chance. But come 2020, they weren't going to leave anything to chance. Now, I know the media, the legacy media, that's what we call the mainstream media, they want you to believe that there was no evidence of fraud. Uh, Fraud can come in many forms. Now, whether or not you believe there was fraud... uh, on specific levels, there was fraud as a whole. As far as the ballots of uh, themselves are concerned, I, I do find it disconcerting that in certain states there were ballots, thousands of ballots in many cases, hundreds of thousands of ballots filled out with only the presidential race checked off. That doesn't speak to fair elections. That tells me that we have people who are running voting tabulations and counting ballots who are realizing that their candidate is behind. And rather than try and fill out ballots and randomly pick other uh, candidates that they can't know what their vote totals are because they can't monitor every race, they have a program whereby they print out ballots that are already filled in for Joe Biden and nothing else and feed them into the machines. Now, whether you believe that happened or not, so be it. But there are other ways that elections can be manipulated. I still say it is highly suspicious that six swing states, all of which Trump led in, all decided independently at the same exact moment to stop counting. Never done before in the history of an election. And all of them mysteriously get hundreds of thousands of votes that appear in the wee small hours of the morning. And they all turn. Not buying it. But what about this? What about the fact that we have this Russian collusion story? Well, and what about the fact that we had this laptop story from the New York Post? Sources were released, verified. Within days of that story being released in 2020, it was denounced. Social media, Politico wrote an article saying, that it had all the classic signs of Russian disinformation, this based on a letter signed by some 50 or so former members of the United States intelligence community. Now that might have some validity, if not for the fact that most of these people were compromised. Now I'm not going to name all 50, but it's interesting that three of the most prominent on that list who called it Russian disinformation were Jim Clapper, the former director of national intelligence for Obama, Mike Hayden, the former CIA director and John Brennan, the CIA director under Obama. John Brennan is someone who made sure all of this information went to the FBI so they could sort of launder it and clean it and attempt to make it look like it was real and bona fide, so they could try and take down Donald Trump. Well, that's all fine and good but now we're learning that it wasn't true. We're learning that not only were these things not true, but more disturbing. We're learning that at the time the FBI was bringing this false information to the FISA court in an effort to obtain warrants to spy on the Trump campaign, that they knew the information they were giving to the FISA court was false. So the FBI defrauded the FISA court to obtain these warrants. That was back in 2016. But fast forwarding to 2020, they knew the laptop was real. They knew it was Hunter Biden's laptop. They knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. Yet they all signed on, all at the request of Anthony Blinken, who was in the administration at the time because they didn't want Uh, Trump to win in 2020. They all signed on to this fantasy that this Hunter Laptop story was just Russian disinformation. So, days before the presidential election, the members of the United States intelligence community, members of the government, the FBI, social media, and legacy media all joined together to defraud the American public by telling them things of a negative nature about one of the men seeking to run for president was not true, that it was all Russian misinformation, when in fact it was true. Hunter Biden was in bed with foreign powers. Hunter Biden was being paid exorbitant sums of money by Burisma. Hunter Biden was involved In dealings in China. And Joe Biden, his father, knew about all of it and affirmatively lied in his second debate with Trump when Trump questioned him about it and said that it's all Russian disinformation as signed on by 50 former members of the United States intelligence community. This was an orchestrated campaign. Now, how is this all coming to light just recently? Well, because several things happened recently. One, we had the Durham report. The Durham report was exhaustively investigated. It is unchallenged. No one disputes it. He proved without a shadow of a doubt that the Trump-Russia collusion narrative was completely untrue and was the work of the Hillary Clinton campaign commissioned with Christopher Steele to put together that dossier. Not only did Durham prove that it was untrue, but he proved through a timeline of events and correspondence and emails that the relevant people who were taking this information and bringing it to the FISA court and elsewhere and to the media knew that it was not true at the time. So the FBI sat and the intelligence community sat idly by and did nothing While a president of the United States was investigated for impeachment on grounds that they knew were not true, they could have gone in there any time and said, you can't impeach the president because none of these things you're accusing of of true. We know already that it's not true, but they couldn't say it because they put their name on it. Now, this brings in some other questions. Recently, Christopher Steele has been up on Capitol Hill testifying, and he's been questioned about the FBI taking sides. <clears throat> and he's uh, numerous times saying the FBI is not protecting Hunter Biden. The FBI has no interest in choosing winners or losers or picking sides. Well, we now know that's absolutely untrue, because Christopher Ray, as director of the FBI, allowed these things to happen. Christopher Ray knew about these things. And he knows that the FBI defrauded the Pfizer court. He knows they were picking winners and losers. Jim Clapper, the CIA, the DNI, and John Brennan, the man who proudly voted for communists. These people knew exactly what they were doing. And now in the wake of the Doerr report, we have two more people who testified Yesterday and today on Capitol Hill, we had John Ziegler, who was an investigator with the IRS, lays out in no uncertain terms that Hunter Biden was most definitely protected and that he was treated very differently than any other American citizen would be treated if they were similarly situated. Unpaid taxes, unaccounted for income. He was guilty of several felonies. They were all in agreement, the investigators, him, the prosecutor, of what felony counts they were going to recommend. And all of a sudden, he gets a sweetheart deal. And at the same time he gets the sweetheart deal, they announce the indictment against Donald Trump for the Mar a Lago documents case to try and deflect attention away from it. And now we have more revelations coming out with Ziegler speaking. And now we have more revelations coming out with Emma Jo Harris, uh, Emma Jo Morris, rather, formerly of the New York Post. And now Smith is threatening to indict Donald Trump over the January 6th event, even though the FBI has already investigated January 6th and said there was no wrongdoing on his part. So this is going to be interesting. And it's going to be very interesting how the left tries to destroy Mr. Ziegler since he came out as a gay man. And we know how wedded the left is to uh, the LGBT community and their rights. I want to see if they have the sand to attack Mr. Ziegler's veracity. He seemed like a very honest man when he was testifying. He seemed to carry himself like an honest man. and He didn't seem to have any axe to grind. And then today... We had testimony from Emma Jo Harris, uh, Morris. And she lays out that the information was sourced at the time she wrote it. She knew it was true. The people who said it wasn't true, that said it was Russian disinformation, knew they were lying because it was true. Hunter Biden's own lawyer, months later after the story broke, would admit in court filings trying to get the laptop back that it was his client's laptop, so he knew it was true. And since that time, virtually every major news reporting agency, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others, have all verified the laptop story as true they have all reported and verified that it was in fact hunter biden's laptop and all this information is true and not manufactured but they're doing it two years after the fact when it means nothing when the election is already over when the election was in the balance and it counted they had no compunction against lying to the american public and that's significant Because a very, very substantial portion of the American public, when they found out about this story, have said in various polls that were taken in the intervening two and a half years or two years, that had they known of the Hunter Biden story, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. So we know that Hunter Biden is corrupt. We know that Joe Biden is lying when he says he does not discuss his son's business dealings with him. We know that Joe Biden is corrupt. And now we know that there is an unholy alliance and has been for some time between the media. We've all suspected it, I know, but now we know it as a result of the final testimony of Emma Jo Morris. That there is an unholy alliance between the traditional media in this country, the legacy media, social media, and agencies of the United States government to suppress free speech and manipulate the public. And not only are they doing that, but they are now weaponizing the justice system against a former president of the United States who also coincidentally happens to be the principal opponent and the leading candidate in opposition to the incumbent, Joe Biden. A lot of people have tried to say Donald Trump is done. Donald Trump's legal woes have mounted. Uh, He's not electable. Uh, we, We can't support him anymore. We shouldn't support him. We have to look for an alternative. And I'm telling you, That's exactly what the left wants you to believe. That's why they're doing this. They walk in mortal fear of Donald Trump. Because they know, if elected, he will expose much of this and prosecute many people. If they are allowed to get away with this, we will cross a threshold that I never thought we'd come to in this country. We will truly ladies and gentlemen, have one-party rule and kiss democracy goodbye. Because we will have allowed one political party, through the weaponization of government by way of their entrenched, entrenched leftist bureaucrats, tell the other party who they will and will not allow to run. And when one party can determine the candidate of the other party you no longer have democracy. You have one party rule. And I suspect what they will do is they will win elections when they feel like winning them. And when they don't want to win them because they wish to give the appearance of democracy, they will allow a Republican to win. But it will be a Republican that they have chosen. One who they can either control or one who will work with them and is wedded to the ideas in some degree or other that they support and espouse so that the country will never make a conservative lurch but will continue to slide inexorably to the left whether you like Donald Trump or whether you hate Donald Trump or whether you like his tweets or whether you can't stand his tweets the one thing you must take away from this is you have to understand the awful almost irreversible power you will grant Communists in our country, not uber leftists, but communists, if we allow them to do to Trump what they are doing, because if they can do it to a man who was once the president of the United States, they can do it to anybody. They can do it to you, and they will. And they're doing this not just to intimidate Donald Trump, they're doing this to intimidate anyone who would try to follow Trump's footsteps. Any rich patriot with money who feels he owes the country a debt of gratitude for his wealth and wants to take the reins and try and right the ship, they don't want them in there because they have their own little fiefdom, their own little swamp where they're milking and selling influence and seizing control. Control of the government, control of your lives, control of money. So they want to destroy Trump so that anybody else who thinks about it, Elon Musk or anybody else, you get any smart ideas, will do the same to you. So I say, vote for Donald Trump. I say, support Donald Trump. We're already seeing the handwriting on the wall. DeSantis, the number two man everybody looks at. I listened to a woman the other day who was talking on one of the talk radio shows here in New York as a guest. She's a student of politics. Uh, She's gone to many fundraisers over the years. You go to the DeSantis fundraisers, you know who you see? Oh, he's getting support. He's getting money from the establishment. The Bushes are there. All the standard, the the, the Chris Christie people are there. All the standard rhinos and Republican insiders are there. So DeSantis, if he gets in, he'll be controlled. He may be independent when he's in Florida, but he's not going to be independent in the White House. So I wanted to do this broadcast today because with the testimony of Durham, the revelations coming out of the grilling of Ray in recent uh, congressional appearances, um, The testimony of Mr. Ziegler, the whistleblower from the IRS, and now with the testimony of Emma Jo Harris from Breitbart, formerly of uh, Emma Jo Morris—I'm sorry, I keep saying Harris—Emma Jo Morris, formerly of um, The Post, now the political editor of Breitbart. It is clear that, without question, Donald Trump was not lying, and he was right about everything when he told you he was being spied on. He was right when he told you they were evil forces trying to stop him from saving this country. He was right when he said that Hunter Biden was dirty and Joe Biden was dirty. These stories were deliberately suppressed by social media. They didn't want you to see it. They didn't want you to hear it. They wanted to get their puppet in office. And what's even more disturbing, ladies and gentlemen, as other political observers have remarked, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was given the positions he was given because he was Joe Biden's son, because people were buying influence. As I told you before, people who have no business acumen and no talent can do only one thing to make money. They do things illegally. They sell their office. They sell their souls. They sell their country. But Joe Biden, as vice president, has no real power. As high in the government as the office of the vice president may seem to be, second in command... He's really only there in case something happens to the man in command, the president. As long as the president is in good health and of sound mind and body, all the vice president ever does is shuffle paper, read stuff that passes across the president's desk so is ready to step in, ostensibly, if something happens to him, and represent the United States at state funerals if somebody in a foreign government should pass away. He doesn't do very much. He has less power day to day, less power to influence the direction of the United States than the Speaker of the House or the majority leader of the Senate. So how is it that Joe Biden's influence could be so valuable to foreign players that they're willing to pay for it by hiring his son? Well, there's only one answer to that question. They weren't buying Joe Biden's influence. They were buying Barack Obama's influence. Oh, I don't doubt that they bought Joe Biden's influence back when he was a senator in the old days. But while he was vice president, they weren't buying his influence. They were buying Barack Obama's influence. So all these people who are rallying to the defense of Joe Biden are really doing it because they don't want any of us to come back to Barack Obama. But only Barack Obama was in a position to give a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. Joe Biden cannot give nor withhold any aid. He's simply a number two man. He's simply an emissary. Only Obama could do it. And Biden told it to you himself in that famous press conference where he said, well, son of a bitch, I got on the plane, that prosecutor was fired. And when I threatened him, I told him, I said, if that prosecutor isn't fired before I leave here, you're not getting your billion dollars. He said, you can't do that. You're not the president. I said, call him. So obviously it was a deal he'd already worked out, as he probably did many others. All I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that if you want to live in the country we grew up in, if you want to live in a country where you're free, free to do as you please within the bounds of the law, Free to live as you please within the bounds of the law. Free to speak as you please. Free to vote as you please. And you want that right preserved for your children. You have to call Joe Biden on the carpet for his corruption. You have to call the government, the special prosecutors like Jack Smith on the carpet for their zealotry. And you have to. In the interest of your own self-preservation, support Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump's legal woes, in light of everything I've told you, are not simply Donald Trump's legal woes. They are our legal woes. If he is not delivered from this abyss they are trying to put him in, our country will forever fall into that abyss. And as Charles M. Russell from Montana said in 1926, it's just as true today. Guard, protect, and cherish your land, for there is no afterlife for a place that started out as heaven. For the Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Dury.